I am unashamed. What about you? So I guess we talked about two podcasts in a row. We might as well make it three because yesterday you had to run off to town, but Dad had the rest of the what was left of those ops he caught. How are they? Oh my, they were so good. I hadn't had thrombolysis in probably two or three years because that I, needs running today. So I've got it timed where every time you run out, I don't have one net, but it's a it's a doozy. It's a good one. Well, I may have good, to go take a look, be a part of that. Take a little look. We'll tell you a story, maybe. Well, it was funny. So, Jace, I get over there, and Dad. By the time I get over from here, I mean, he's already mealing them, and the grease is, you know, going, which was great because I was in a hurry. And uh, <laughs> so, Mom had left, gone to town or something. Well, she had tried to, she had tried to delay the the catfish because she wanted to eat some. So she sends Dan to town to get some sandwich stuff for dad and then left a note for dad. Well, dad never saw the note or Dan. So I was glad because I was thinking. That sounds like a poor note placement to me. She had it over there in the kitchen, but I don't know. Did you see the note, dad? I never asked you if you I actually. I remember you. <laughs> the, uh, I don't know. They have words for it. See now. <laughs> You know, you well, you, you have know. a master's degree in English. <laughs> well, he's mama, trying to be nice. Your mama hit about 75. <laughs> uh, she can't remember what she said five minutes ago, yes. five seconds ago, really. We've noticed. So, it's no problem. I, 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 I'd wear She's it. very jolly about it, which is good, you know. Yeah. But so anyway, so she, I tried to call her because – so I ate some fish and took a couple of pieces with me because I had to I had to roll, burnt my roof in my mouth, which ran out of the grease. So, which is you know bad. But uh, so I was going to call her and say, "Boy, I sure enjoyed those fish," you know. Uh, and I was going to tell her we ate them all, mm-hmm. you know, because she and and just you know get her going. But she never answered the phone. I couldn't get her. Well, well, I saw, look, I called her three times on Mother's Day. She didn't answer the phone. Oh yeah. So a week goes by. She came to my, she came to Mia's little oh, yeah. uh, graduation, graduation parade. So I said, well, I'm just going to act like that never happened. And uh, I said, well, happy Mother's Day. And she's like, oh, yeah. I mean, it was like <laughs> I gave her a car. It was a week later. That's right. I was like. But it was like, that's the beautiful thing about she, her forgetting Did she realize <laughs> that it's been a week? She honestly no. didn't care. I saw no sense of. No, because uh, in the old days, if you didn't call her, yeah. like you heard about it. She did recognize. She said she had her phone off for a few days. She said, oh, I forgot that I turned my phone off for a few days. I thought she was going to say a few hours. <laughs> a few days. Well, she was with her favorite son, Jeff, uh, on Mother's Day. So I think that that's all she needed was I that. will say her one goal in life in her mid-70s, what, what she constantly – Make sure of throughout all the we're going over here to this one now. We got to run She's got a she's got an assistant that goes with her now that does the driving, you know. Yeah, good monitor. idea. But anyway, she has one underlying goal that never fails. Do I have the man something to eat? Yeah, Phil needs to be fed. That's Do I have something well, that he eats? That's was a the, noble the, quality. It is. Yeah. So another thing, Jay's I thought was interesting. Um, I just found out because we talked about Mayhaw Jelly, I think, last time we did or a few podcasts ago. But Phyllis, our sister, has now 
transition because she actually, she and Tony, when dad was doing the thing, he showed her what to do. And she watched last year too. And then she actually made the Mayhaw jelly and I had some and it's just like dad's. I mean, it's delicious. I monitored it. I first just showed her and she'd watch it. I said, now it's time for y'all to see if you could pull it out. She said, I think we can do this. I said, all right. She had her son and daughter-in-law yep. there. First, you get, they got on their hands and knees, picking them up, yep. picking up the Mayhaws. So they got them a pretty good little bit. She said, well, what would this make, you think? And I said, about 20 pints. Yep. I just looked at the pot. She said, how would you know that? I said, when you make it long enough, you'll, you'll know. So we show, I showed her how to take the berries, put the, bring them to a bowl, mash the berries, get the juice out of them how much water to put in the pot, make sure you get nice and flavorful jelly. So I turned her loose. I monitored. I'm watching every move they make, the amount of sure gel, the how long, one minute, and when it comes to a foam, let it go down, add your, add your sugar, you know, bring it back to a bowl, go one minute, 60 seconds, got to be looking at it, little pat of butter and one <laughs> one little dash of, of lemon juice, and I'm going through the thing. Yeah. But So then I sat down. And I watched how they were doing, and then I'd give a little advice from time to time. But she started. Was she nervous? No, but she was. I bet she making was. Making sure she wasn't. Yeah. You know, she's a little nervous. I mean, you've only been doing that about fifty years. I'd hate yeah. for you just to be right over my shoulder. <laughs> well, I thought so it was I made funny. it easier for me. And then I watched the first batch out, and I said, "I tell you what." Then I'm watching hats set up, and all of it setting up when they were sealing the jars and. Had to show them how to get all the microbes off the lids and then, you know, the boiling water. And so you, you know, you, I said, microbes, microbes, you got to remember, no one has ever fallen ill over eating our jelly. Not one <laughs> that we know of. Said, but you don't want any microbes on them lids and all that. You got to keep it clean. So I noticed, though, that they weren't, they didn't have 100% confidence because they wrote Thomas on top of all the ones that they did, just in case yeah. it didn't turn out well. They didn't want to just mix <laughs> it in with your... Move. That was pretty bold, but uh, I've had... I actually broke my diet and had a biscuit with that on, and it was fantastic. It's crazy It's occurred to me that, Phil, down here, you once famously said that down here you are 9-1-1, but you're also the CIA, <laughs> you're also the FDA. Right. You're, Every letter. You're, you're in your own little world down here. I've tried to be. <laughs> I, I have made it my ambition, which that means what What do you want out of life? Live a quiet life. You say, what? First lesson. Quiet life. Mind your own business. That that keeps you off the Internet. So we it, should have it's named much the, easier to live a godly guys. life in Christ Jesus. I, I'm going to go out on a limb here. It's much easier if you... Never have a cell phone and computer stuff yep. in with the mix. You're you're way better off if you want a quiet life, mind your own business, work with your hands, so you won't be dependent on anybody. Right. It's a lot easier if you don't go through the ravages of the right. of the computer world. But to pull off what you've done, you will. I have hear to, there's a lot of yeah yeah cursings and carrying on. A lot of yeah yeah. So you so, but you got to have a Dan to really complete what you've managed to pull off. Dan you, is my, you have an unplug from the world thanks to Dan. He, he gives me information. Yeah. He got off the internet that 
that is pertinent for me to see. He right. said, "This he, you got a note here." <laughs> so Dan, he he keeps up with all that. That's right. He's good. Uh, so uh, I do want to mention that Tony, being the uh, very talented artist. Uh, because they made this Mayhaw Jelly, he started a new series. I think it's TonyThomasArt.com if you want to check it out. And he's got a painting that we're going to show on of, of four jars of Mayhaw Jelly, and it's beautiful. I mean, it looks just like this jar of jelly. So he started a new series. So check that out. Um, also, I want to mention one thing before we get into our study. You know, there's a lot of pro-life opportunities, I think, that are coming down the pike now because we're kind of waiting on this Roe v. Wade deal. And I, I want to mention a group that's, uh, they're called the Reliance Center. And Lisa and I spoke out in Idaho. Heather's is the girl's name. And she has got something going on out there. So I know a lot, a lot of times some of you are looking for some place to give or support the, the pro-life movement. And I highly suggest them. And uh, Kate's going to put up the uh, URL. It's myegiving.com, and then there's some slashes there. He'll give you that. But, uh, you know, great cause. These people are doing great work on the front line. So, in, and get engaged and get involved because this, this is a moment, I think, for our nation. I, I think Dad has said it before. I think we've been under a curse. No doubt. Know, since, since the 70s. So, I'm hoping the curse will be lifted. Empires have, been, have fallen. Many empires have fallen by the way they treat their children. Yep. They slaughter their babies. The Old Testament's full of it. Full of it. Yeah. Terrible stuff. So anyway, we well, want to. Who was he? Oh, the old, the god of Molech. Molech. Yeah, Molech. I they mean, they threw the children, children down the ravines. I mean, they had them burned. That I mean, it, it, it's a it's a sad story of. When there's a lot of different ways to what get evil is like, it manifests itself in many ways. But slaughtering your own children. You're destined to collapse as an empire. It's terrible. And a lot of ways to get involved, Jason and Missy are doing it right now. You know, there's there's foster care, there's adoption, um, there's working on the on the side, on the abortion side. So a lot of good opportunities uh, for sure. Um, anything else, Jace? Did you have anything before we launch into Colossians? No, but when I was reading this Colossians, I mean, you you realize, I mean, he has this beautiful depiction of who Jesus is. And we said it was almost like a song from 15 yeah. through 20. 20 or 23 yeah, or so. And then all of a sudden he gets unbelievably or believably, I guess, <laughs> personal. Because then he said in 21, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he's reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish, free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel. <clears throat> and it, we said this earlier. It's kind of a reminder of First Corinthians 15, where he reminded the Corinthians of the gospel. You're like, how, how are these people forgetting Jesus? I mean, these are. This, it's not like we're talking about the world here. I mean, they were. They had heard the gospel, right? So, what's the problem? These other people had come in and brought up different teachings and philosophies that he called hollow and deceptive. So, I just it, the question that hit me is, you know, where are you at without Jesus? I mean, where are you at? Without Jesus. It's the bedrock, your question. <clears throat> Where are you without Jesus? It's the bedrock 
from Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, all the way to the Corinthians. We covered that. Now you get to Colossae. It's the same story. The bedrock is always laid as the foundation before he goes on and says what he has to say. Right. Mm -hmm. He lays the, the groundwork, and the gospel is always at the centerpiece. All our listeners, you need to go start with Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, go on, go on, go on by that. And you say just look at every every epistle, for the gospels, which is rightfully said, Four different men writing the same story over and over and over. The bedrock is being laid. You have to have it there like that in your study of the Bible. Right. And and every one of these epistles right there on the front end, like Colossians here, it's right there at the centerpiece. Well, since the day you heard it, not long and drawn out, high theology, no theology, no. Since the day you heard it, it was covered in just a few, few hours. Yeah, it was always the starting point. Hang on, let's take a break. Well, we've been talking a lot on this podcast about getting older now that, Dad, you have four children who are grandparents. And so as we get a little bit older, what happens to our joints as you just kind of live in life is uh, they just don't work quite like they used to. Uh, When your body produces SPMs when you're young, your joints are healthy. As you get older, it produces less. And so we need a little bit of help. Uh, Omega XL tells us we have 360 joints uh, from the neck down to the feet. So that's a lot of opportunities for some uh, joint pain, Jays. So we want to be able to help that. And the reason and the way we do that is a company called Omega XL. And uh, they help rejuvenate joints and muscles like when we were young. And so, Dad, you and I take this product. It's been a great blessing for us. It's a supplement that comes from New Zealand. And they make it from muscle oil. Yep. And uh, it's very good. It's the only thing Dad takes. Uh, if you if you go online, omegaxl.com slash fill, you're going to buy a bottle and you're going to get a second bottle for free. So it's a great way to check it out for a couple of months. I promise you, you will be glad you did. Omegaxl.com slash fill. Or you can call them 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. Well, when you, you'll get to the end of the book of Colossians, and I uh, found something interesting. We've made reference to it before, but he said after you read this letter, then you go to Laodicea, which is right up the road. I don't know the ge- geographical distance, but pretty close. It was, yeah, less than 100 miles, I think. It was, no, it's like uh, 15 miles. That's yeah. somewhere yeah. up around <laughs> where he, this Colossae, where in Turkey, up in there around Turkey somewhere, wasn't let's say modern Turkey. Yeah, yeah. East, well, ep, 100 miles east of Ephesus. Ephesus but he right. said, well, Modern read this Turkey. letter in, in Laodicea. Well, you know, when we read in Revelation, so I just had a, I was going to say a funny thought, but it's not funny because it's, it's scary. <clears throat> but, you know, the, the letter to the church in Laodicea, which was right down the road from Colossae, this is where the warm, the lukewarm water was. I think Colossae, I remember that's where the cold water, so I guess it was up in the mountains, which was you know, good for a nice drink, I guess, <laughs> on a warm day, day or ice. I mean, you're thinking it was something good about that. It's also why the earthquakes kept getting these cities. Well, then you had the hot springs was whatever city that Laodicea was in between. Hierapolis. Yeah, Hierapolis. There were the that, three right there together. That's it. So, But I did think about this. So he he 
writes this in Revelation. John, you know, has this vision. And he says, these are the words of the amen, the faithful and true witness. I know your deeds. You're neither cold nor hot, which was, goes to that. He kind of made a geographical illustration to a spiritual problem. And he says, it, and it's kind of frightening because he's like, you're lukewarm, which literally makes the Lord sick. Uh, I'll spit you out of my mouth. Right. And you say, I am rich and I've acquired wealth and don't need a thing, but you do not realize that you're, you know, wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Because cause you, what, what the question I ask is that's, that's what you are without Jesus. I mean, you can't be rich without Jesus because everything that you have will either be given to somebody else, burn up, be lost, including your whole life. I mean, it, 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 so there's no true riches. That's why I think he mentioned several times in Colossians, riches, yep. treasure, right. Jesus is the I'm not treasure. a good enough uh, uh, historian to, to, to know, one of y'all may know, but uh, if you go there in modern day, today, uh, Islam has taken over pretty well the whole region. Middle East. So... They were the warnings were there, the bedrock was laid at Colossae. But now, if you went over there, there's a surge of people coming to Jesus over there mm -hmm. right now. As I speak, it's <clears throat> true, mostly refugees that are coming through Turkey. Mm -hmm. So, we're having a little rebound here, but right. so I don't know when the Muslims rolled in. I mean, in the well, uh, Muhammad was around 600, five to 600 is when that's when, yeah. The, yeah, his revelation or whatever. So all these warnings here, he's trying to warn them before it comes. But they looked up one day and whatever happened to Jesus, to your point. Well, they were putting, you know, worldly things in front of Jesus. And he, he was kind of admonishing them to look for pain, actually, perseverance and trials and to get their their eyes right. He said, so you can see because they had become so comfortable. Well, the point I was going to make. I guess they were part of the Roman Empire, I would think, at the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, in fact, well, they, they, Roma, the Romans rebuilt those cities twice yep. in the first entry. The point I was going to make, though, is in this paragraph in Revelation is one of the most famous passages in the Bible. And he, he yeah. gets to it and says, here I am. Jesus is red letters. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. That verse has probably been used in more altar calls and invitations mm -hmm. of any other verse. Yeah, more songs but, written. But you know, about. it hit me. The And, and I, I found it funny. I kind of laughed out loud when I thought about it. He's knocking on the door of a church. <laughs> that they're in there and they've shut him out. <laughs> That's true. And Jesus is knocking on the door saying, Hey, if you hear my right, we've always we've always illustrated that as being your heart, like the door of your heart, but you're right. In context, it was the door of a church. They're still it, Well, it, yeah, theoretically. Yeah, it's that, my understanding of these wars we just had in the Middle East over the last decade, but uh but there were little vestiges of Christians still over there in modern day, modern day Turkey. 
there there were there are a few, and and, oh, yeah. and a lot of them were were slaughtered, you know, during all these wars we had, you know, and then a lot of them were fleeing to Turkey. So now, but there are a lot of them still being converted there, but. But there were old, old school religious yeah, A lot groups. of Greek Orthodox. Oh, yeah. It's um, yeah. one of the prevailing ones that kind of hung yeah. on through there. Yep. To I, be in honest. In fact, I think they, they should have listened more carefully right. to what well, Apostle Paul is saying. Obviously. But you had churches set up that heard the gospel. And then in this case, I do think it was because this, this was a booming city. It was very, I mean, they, they had a lot going for them. And. They just the the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth. It's kind of like that third heart, and they just put Jesus on on the back burner. Right. And that's why the theme here. <clears throat> that's modern day America, by the way, Jason. Well, that's why I'm bringing it up. I I, I see a lot of similarities here because th- this is not we we usually always think, oh, this is these these people out in the world need Jesus. Well, there's a lot of churches that need Jesus. Well, that's true. Because most of <laughs> the ones... sounds crazy. <laughs> well, well he, he how can he be any more graphic? He, he comes to the church, Jesus himself, and, and says, look, this you're making me sick. I'm literally vomiting at what I'm seeing. And so I'm, sta- I'm knocking on the door saying, no, what about me? Plus, I, think about this, Jace. Think about the time frame. So these were written around 60... Mm-hmm. And John's revelation is somewhere, you know, most scholars think between 90 and 100. So you're only talking about 30 plus years. Yeah. And you get that challenge that in that much time, they've already lost sight of who Jesus is in these churches. Oh, yeah. You know, in yeah. Revelation, which is pretty well, amazing. <clears throat> it just made me think, though, when I saw that word, when it says, uh, that Jesus made us holy to to be presented holy in His sight without blemish, <clears throat> and free from accusation. <clears throat> well, who is known as the accuser, the evil one? And what usually happens is we, you know, we tend to think uh, of the evil one as as some Hollywood depiction, some some character with a red with a pitchfork right but actually when you go back to the garden and see how he functioned it was through deceit you know it, it even says he was more crafty he's crafty mm-hmm. and the way it all went down it was a justification and a lot of the things that he was promoting was actually good e- even eve when she finally took the fruit she 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 looked at the good She's like, oh, it's it's good for food. Yeah, it, she has a desire, so that her emotions were, yeah, and it makes you smart. Yeah, well, he well, masquerades as a child of light. Yeah, he masquerades. Well, and he uses counterfeit miracles. miracles. It's like you, you know, it's like you change. All you'd have to do, I mean, and and just to give an analogy, yeah, you know, if you went into a store and you wanted to buy a duck call. Since we made duck calls for years, and you're thinking they're going to be thirty nine, ninety nine, you know, whatever. And you go into a store, and unknowing to you, somebody has put a sticker on it that says "free." Well, you're like, "That's awesome! <laughs> this is all. This is my lucky day. <laughs> I've got a free duck call, and since it's free, I don't even have to 
send it to the cashier. You just put it in your pocket. Put it in your pocket. Because somebody put a sticker on you know, So you could justify that in your mind and feel pretty good about it. Mm-hmm. Now, did you steal? <clears throat> did you steal that? When people say, well, you should have known. Well, I mean, what if the store was just promoting, saying, "Here, here's a free... But somebody else put a sticker. And, that, and I think it gets to the evil one. You know, he doesn't make you sin. It just gives you a situation. Because he did lie when he said, you won't die. That was just a lie. Yeah. <clears throat> and so when I read that, you know, the... But a- it was alien- actually a partial truth because... He could say, well, I meant you're not going to physically just fall out from me. See, exactly. that's the way he does it. It's these, it's half truths and just a li- just enough truth in the lie to make it sound reasonable. But how many times do people fail because of that? Let's take a break. So what I'm saying, if you pick out all the negative things, because he reminded them, he said you were alienated from God. You are enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. <clears throat> but before you think these are just people way out in the world, I mean, if you, it doesn't matter if you're in, if you're in a church building and, and you've, you've listened to the lies and, and you're under this delusion and you're being deceived, I guess my point is very few people are out there recognizing this alienation and they're an enemy of God. It's not that simple. It's kind of like the garden. Oh, well, I mean, did God really say? Well, what did he actually say? So you start questioning, you start going through, and there's deceit is involved, counterfeit. Even when you see magicians, I mean, what's the whole deal? They'll, they distract you by looking at one thing, and they're actually doing the trick. It's an illusion. But I've I've seen some of them. I stand there looking at them, and I couldn't tell you. And how. you're trying not to get distracted, so you can really see it, and you still miss it. And every once in a while, there's just a thought that thinks, "Did he really? I mean, <laughs> does he really have some kind of? Because that I was looking right at that guy. Did <laughs> he really make the statue? I mean, I every- know it's fake. <laughs> and I mean, it's kind of like if you got a counterfeit hundred dollar bill. What do you do with it? Mm, that's a tough one. Somebody paid you a hundred dollars, and then you go. You know how they always look it up. You know, look up in the light. Well, what if they said, you know what? I'm sorry, sir. This is counterfeit. What are you gonna do? Out I mean, of hundred, there's a temptation to <laughs> go try to pawn it off somewhere else. Is in the real world. That's a hundred dollars. You know. <clears throat> yep. You got duped, and you experienced all the joy of this temporary getting your money. And now you realize it's fake, so it compounds a problem by you trying to get your $100 back. Most people would harp on the unfairness of it. You're right. This is unfair. But that's the thing about it. When it comes to evil, there's nothing fair. Yeah. The evil one doesn't play fair, and he never has. You know, it's interesting, Jace, because he talks here about the gospel, and then he says, this is the gospel we heard that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, which we talked about before. You know, that was the whole purpose of these writings that Paul's doing is mm-hmm. to keep reaching beyond. But I jotted down kind of some verses. They verse. were told, every one of them. Right. They were all told. It at least got out. Yep. And this is all done fairly quickly. But, you know, well, <clears throat> you were talking about the garden, Jason. Genesis 3.15, we get the first glimpse 
just after what Jace just described happened, that there would be born of a woman, there was going to be reconciliation. Seed of a woman. Seed of a woman. Reconciliation was coming. And then when you follow the path, because when we started this podcast, we did an Old Testament survey, because you get to Genesis 12 through 15, and then you see that seed line through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. So we see that going forward. Zechariah 6 says there's going to be a prophet, priest, and king that's going to a shoot that comes up out of Israel, again, pointing to Jesus. Yeah, Isaiah said he was like a root out of dry ground. Exactly. So, And then Isaiah 53 says he just gives you the picture of what it's going to look like. Listen to these. Psalm 110, verse 1, there's going to be a high priest that mediates in heaven. Psalm 16, there will be one who will be resurrected from the dead. His body will not see decay. Yep. Psalm 6, 8, there will be one who ascends into heaven to return the same. I mean, these are all Old Testament prophecies thousands of years before it happened, Yep, pointing to the one. And then when Jesus got here. So, you know, when you think about it. He, he, he made the path to Jesus. He made it clear. He made it very clear. And so, therefore, no, in Romans, no one is without excuse. You can't say, well, we, just, you know, we didn't know. But I think that's why I think it was all based on deceit. I mean, the reason I went down this road, and obviously as I kept reading through it, if you jump to chapter 2 and verse 4, a word's going to stand out to you now. Because he says, I tell you, I tell you this. So we'll have to back up and read what he told them after I read this. I tell you this so that no one may deceive I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. Well, who does that sound like? (laughs) You go back to the garden. There was a lot of fine-sounding arguments. But when you kind of break them down, you look at what God offered Adam and Eve. I would say tens of thousands of trees that they could say yes to. Mm -hmm. One no. There was one no. Well, they weren't thinking about the ten thousands upon ten thousands of yeses. Because once they said that one yes, well, then they lost the tens of thousands of yeses. That's right. Got kicked out. And which is the consequences. And you say, well, what was the <clears throat> what was the common denominator there? Deceit. So then he says it again in chapter two and verse eight. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. Well, who, who does that sound like? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which depends on human tradition and basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. I just thought it was worthy of note that he's talking to church people here. He, yeah. they, they lost their way. And to think that the evil one doesn't work in that capacity or like you can recognize it. Yeah. It's hard to recognize because you're deceived. That that that's how you get off get off point. And uh, once you're deceived, then you'll even argue and get around other people around you to give support to your hollow and, and flawed arguments. Yeah. That that's what happens. No, you're right. <clears throat> and us being Christians, you know, believers, disciples, when we see what goes on in the world, you said this many times, Jace. I mean, it shouldn't be it shouldn't shock us as much as it does because that's what blinded, unbelieving people look like. 
That's what they do. They're, they don't realize they're being deceived by the evil one. They're not our enemy. The evil one is our enemy. And yep. he's just got control of their hearts and minds. And so, you know, we see the way people behave and we're all just shaking our head thinking, you know, how do you go in and shoot up a grocery store full of people? You're just like, it's so evil. Or they, they scream and they are so animated and to kill their children. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense, infants. right? You, you said, why, why would a group of people scream and holler? At, because we have the right to kill children, you know human F- beings. 50 years of hollow and deceptive, deceptive philosophy. That's right. Of, of say, well, somehow thinking right. that makes sense. Surely the human race would never turn on their on the most vulnerable of all of us. It's when we were little children. You know, babies in the in the womb. You say, surely, you wouldn't get a bunch that say we have to kill. And I know I've never seen people so animated about it. No, they're screaming at the top of their lungs, and a lot of what they're saying, you're like, you know, you talk about hollow and deceptive oh, philosophy. It's, yeah, it's just it's like it's a, terrible. a veil over them. They they just can't see through it. But I'm saying in this kind of Jason, take a break. In this context, when he said, see that people don't deceive you, when you go back and say it, when he says, I tell you this in 2-4, what he just told him was, I want you to know in verse 1 of chapter 2, it says, I want you to know how much I'm struggling for you and for those at Laodicea. That's why I went back and, and, and read that. Well, this is that lukewarm bunch mm-hmm. that, that the world had, had just made them I mean, I don't even know what the word is. What is a what is the spiritual equivalent to lukewarm? Well, you just you look like. I mean, there's no difference. In, you're you're when, going through the motions, right? Without Jesus, without there, Jesus. Because yep. if you don't have Jesus, you don't have a purpose. Mm-hmm. I mean, that eliminates your purpose, and it it your future is is now in question because he's the only one that promises life after death. So it says, and for all and for all who have not met me personally, my purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, <clears throat> the one knocking at the door mm-hmm. of their building. See, and this I, was was uh, a lot more embraced a letter like this to Colossae for Christian people, because the question would be, well, why would the founders, our founding fathers, why wouldn't they put in the Constitution, by the way, never turn on your children and kill them? You know what I think? I think they never thought humanity would stoop that low. Yeah, it wouldn't even be something. I don't think they had in mind, you know, we'll get to a point within 200 years here to where they'll turn on their own children and slaughter them. I don't even think the founders thought we would ever reach that low down and sorry and murderous people that we are. I mean, last week, I mean, it's something like over 100 were shot dead. You know, I throw in the, the the little supermarket, throw that in there, and the t- church out there in California. But you say there was another ninety, yeah, in cities, 80, around, right? 80 or ninety that was slaughtered on the in the streets of America. Right. You're like, what is this? Uh, 
when you see that much death and that much murder, whether it be infants or on the streets of a major city, when you see that kind of stuff, you can know Satan is is having a field day. He's alive and well. Well, when you read James 1, 13, it kind of gives you the picture of how you get to that point because it says, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed. After desire gives birth to sin. Sin, when it's full, full grown, gives birth to death. Yep. Spiritually and sometimes physically, to your point. But watch what he says in the next verse. Don't be deceived. We're getting back to this deceit, which I know started in the garden. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who doesn't change like shifting shadows. And this goes back to what we talked about last podcast. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that's that, w- that we might be kind of a first fruit. There you go. Well, if he's the if Jesus is the firstborn of all the creation, the point I was making about He's given us the right to become sons and daughters of God. We become the first fruits of what he created through the new birth. He's laying the foundation, and so was Paul to the Colossians. And James, you say they all start with the bedrock. Jesus, his, his death, burial, and resurrection. The word of truth. Short message. It's not long and drawn out. Colossians got it in one day from Epaphras. Since the day you heard it. Isn't it Peter that gives you that picture that it's a foundation? Yep. Starts with Jesus, then they build on it, and it's like a spiritual house. Yep. You know, it was his description of it. And we're just like bricks that yep. keep being added into the to the building. Yeah. I think, though, when you go back, when you try to define deceit, the evil one, what he did, because we just read where sin comes from. We It's a process that starts in our mind. But in the case of the garden, the evil one took something good and turned it bad. I mean, he was basing everything, his whole argument and thought process. He would take something good, and he was wanting to turn it in into bad. You go back and read it. There was a lot of yeah, positives. You, the promise was, the lie was, and you'll be like God. Yeah. Yeah. Without God. Without him. He, no, he didn't put that in there. But you'll have the knowledge well, of what God. What he's actually saying is you'll be your own God. You'll be, but you'll have the knowledge of God without God. <laughs> so, yeah. That, yeah. That was the part he left out because that's what it means to be alienated from God. Right. And you become your own God, mm-hmm. which that, that, that's the point I wanted to make because when you read uh, Hebrews 5, I think something we take for granted is the ability to distinguish good from evil. I mean, which is the world's oldest trick. And I did it when I was a kid. When you do something wrong and you're confronted about it, your best excuse is say, well, I didn't know it was wrong. I didn't know that was wrong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how are you going to punish me? I didn't know. Well, how many so, people have been pulled over and, Said in the some state trooper says, "Here's what you did," and you're like, "Well, I, I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't know the speed limit changed. I didn't know that 
this, that, the other. I mean, does that does that get you off the hook? Yeah. <laughs> no. Which I think in this setting in Colossians, they're all sitting in in the church building, and somebody's knocking at the door, and they're like, "Well, who's that?" <laughs> when they're like, "Where's Jesus?" So, well, what's he want? <laughs> we're not. Oh, we're doing something wrong here. I mean, I mean, it's the same. Yeah. Because <laughs> you justified it in your mind. But let's, let's take our last break. Just. I think this is an interesting passage about about growing in Jesus. I don't mean just growing, growing in your relationship, not being duped into trying to attain, you know, the knowledge of God or being your own God without God being the filter. But uh, Hebrews five eleven says, "We have much to say about this, but it's hard to explain because you're slow to learn." In fact. Though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Which is why I went here, because it reminds me of what's going on in Colossae. Anyone who lives on milk being still an infant is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness, but solid food is for the mature. And here's the key phrase who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good and evil. Well, you wouldn't think it'd be hard to distinguish good from evil, but it, it is real hard when you're being deceived. Oh. So we'll read that verse as the acts of sinful nature are obvious. Well, it is obvious once you do the act. I mean, you pretty well know in your, in your mind, in your conscience. Right. But leading up to it, that's when it gets blurry. Well, you know, that's where the deceit deceit comes in. It's always murky in that moment. And look. Yeah, so I was, Jay's. we were just had, at least and I were uh, doing premarital counseling with a young couple. You know, obviously, this young couple are are both believers, and so they made a commitment that, you know, they don't want to be, they didn't want to have sex before they got married. And I said, you know, what you if for that to happen, you've got to be very um, deliberate in how you date and how you go forward before you get to that day. Because if you're not, if you just get in situations and then just let let biology run its course, I mean, it'll, you'll fail over and over and over again without that deliberate idea. And so it's kind of what, what you're describing. By the way, it's a lot more organized than you think it is when John the Apostle was writing First, second John, first, second, third John, chapter two, he said, Dear children, this is the last hour. As you've heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. And he's talking to them at Colossae. Don't let anybody use deceptive and hollow philosophy. This is how we know it's the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I don't write this to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and no lie comes from the truth. Who's the liar? It's the man who denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a man is the Antichrist. He denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has, has, uh, what's that? 
father has a father also. So he went on over there, you know, and said, this is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. There's always the, the bedrock is laid on who Jesus is, the God who became flesh. Many way back there and to this day, they're saying impossible. No way. Well, that's what people don't, they forget that for you, for the sin to happen in the garden, the humans had to kick God out of the garden. Right. You're like, well, they can't kick him out. Well, they did. In that moment, they kicked him. They weren't acknowledging his presence. Yeah. I well, know one thing, we've had a lot of and, trouble ever since, and, Chase. In fact, they <laughs> yeah. thought they could hide from him. Like then they, they hid from him, <laughs> which validates my point. And also with this, with Jesus, you know why he's knocking on the door? Because some of them had kicked him out. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> but they didn't do it, obviously. It, it just happened, I think, the same way in the garden, where you start asking the wrong questions, and you listen to the wrong voices. Right. And you rationalize. And you're right. If this could happen in the first century, yep. so closely, I mean, were people actually... We're still around, a few of them. This has been going on for two millenniums. Now we're talking about a couple thousand years. Yep. How easy is it for churches to not realize that Jesus is not leading the training? Well, and what are churches? I mean, he, he, he says it here. We're members of the body. He is the head of the body, the church. The body's not going to function real well if it's not unified. Yeah, I mean, Chase, you can have a more drastic illustration of that. There's a mighty throng of various churches scattered across the earth. Trust me when I tell you this, Chase. They're not going to invite you to talk to them. No, that's right. <laughs> you just don't look like you got it together, Chase. I know. And my point is, look, that's like severing your pinky and just putting it to the side and said, We don't need that. We don't need that. Then they go down the road and they meet somebody else. So guess what? They went a little toe. <laughs> but at some point, the more you alienate the body, it just becomes a bunch of body parts that are scattered everywhere. Well, then that that's creepy. Right. Then there's what were you a serial killer or the body of Christ? You know. Well, and you so, look at and if you look at America herself, just just one country, one place. But just over our short history, because we haven't been around that long, Not at but all. there were there were at least three, I think, different revivals, <clears throat> awakenings, where a lot of people came to Christ and said, "Man, we got to get this thing going." I mean, after the Civil War, it's like, "What are we doing?" I mean, we're killing ourselves, and and so every time we've had a return to godliness, for the most part, as a nation, we've had great blessing and success. But then, then it just goes right back into this. That's it. Because of the deceiver, Jace is right. I mean, so well, we, and us listening to the deceiver. Because I mean, we're not just talking about other evil as evil and good as good. Going back to the Hebrews five, uh, if you're having trouble even recognizing what good and evil is, you're on a you're on a you're on a road to hell. You got to remember that it comes to every individual. I mean, we all all are sinners. Correct. And so when it <clears throat> says the evil one's the father of all lies, you know yep. what that means? Well, he's got some sons. <laughs> yeah. That's doing right. some work. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Remember I mean, John 8? When Jesus was looking, he says, your father is the devil. That's, I mean, that, that's that's harsh. Yep. But, yeah, that's but, what I mean. it was true. Because they were spreading this same kind of exactly. nonsense, just deceit. 
Well, the good news is that, and we're just in the first, you know, chapter of this book, which is a short book, but it's, we hadn't even, I mean, there's, he's going to really get into the riches well, yeah, of it. The next he chapter. got personal right here. He did. He's like, now look, he, he talked about how great he heard about him as a body and what, and here's Jesus. And then he said, now look, you were, you were once alienated and enemies and cause he's going to bring up that, that deceitful philosophy that's coming back into their lives again. Right. Post Jesus. Yep. Which is scary. It's a scary thought for us. But it look, is. the evil one's not going to give up, and that, that's just the way it is. And you're right. The fact that it was the sister church in the sister city that we read about what happened to them in Revelation, I mean, that's it's hitting close to home, you know, when Paul writes this book and writes this yeah. letter to them. I mean, you don't, the moral of the story is you don't want to be in church and have Jesus knocking at the door saying, let me in. And then once he gets in, you don't want him saying, look, you make me sick. <laughs> I don't want that. That's two, that's <laughs> Those two things that by your life and philosophy you want to avoid. That's yep. right. Two things you don't want to have. We're out of time. Um, we're going to shift over to overtime. We'll kind of finish up this uh, this passage. Uh, we got a we got a special guest coming into our a surprise guest, Jace, into our next podcast uh, for our audience. So uh, we'll see you uh, uh, in the overtime to finish this up in uh, in Colossians one and two. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.